So I only understood the movie A Star Is Born the third time I watched it. Now I know what you're probably thinking. How did you only understand this movie the third time you watched it? It's not that I didn't understand A Star Is Born. It's that I didn't understand the emotion that I felt towards the things that it was discussing in the movie. So A Star Is Born, there was a 1937 film that was the original. Um, and then there was a 1976 version, which had Barbara Streisand, I'm pretty sure, in it. And then in 2018, there was another adaption, um, which had Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And it was a huge box office one. Um, I'm pretty sure they won an Oscar for it. Yeah, it was big in 2018. You know, the song Shallow, that was like huge when that came out. Um, and originally I didn't watch it in 2018 when it came out. Like I never saw it in cinema. Um, I don't know why I didn't. It didn't appeal to me at all as a movie. Like I remember seeing like the advertisement for it and like I knew that it had been adapted by like an older film and I actually knew how it ended. Like I knew that the main character died. Um, but I just, I had no interest. I was like, I don't care. Don't want to see it. Which is very unlike me. Like, usually if a new film comes out, I'm always, I'm eager to see it. And the reason why I'm kind of so, like, shocked as to, like, my disinterest of, like, seeing it when it came out is because of how much it, like, meant to me now and, like, the impact it had, like, in my personal life um because at the time when it came out I didn't even give it a second thing so it's like it's weird to think about that that there was a period of time where like I didn't care about the film and it didn't mean anything to me so in 2019 I became very close to a situation where someone was struggling with addiction and alcoholism and I want to preface this just by saying that when I'm talking about this I am talking about the impact it has of being a witness and not as someone who's actually suffered addiction. Um, I've never had an addiction. I've never suffered from addiction. And I can only speak upon how being an outsider, but a very close one at that, the impact that it has and like what it's like to watch someone um, self-destruct um, so in 2019 became close with someone that was suffering from addiction and at first I didn't know what addiction was. Like I knew what the word meant and I had seen on TV and film countless times of addiction being represented and I always thought like, yeah, like I, I know what addiction is. But then when I really saw it, I was like, you have no idea what addiction is. And to be fair, I was 19. So like, why would I, you know, you would hope that someone young isn't confronted by something like that, like a young, younger age, like which there are, there are kids who, you know, grow up with parents or siblings who deal with addiction. And, you know, they're freaking like, nine years old and then being a witness to it and 
and that would just be like incredibly confronting at such a young age but still I was 19 and it it didn't fully hit me like I remember recognizing that there were things that were wrong and things that were odd to be fair when weird things would happen or I would see you know like heavy drinking I kind of just associated that with oh but we're young like we're young it doesn't matter right like it's not a problem. We all drink. We all drink lots. We all binge drink. We go on on the weekend. We get smashed. I've been smashed. You know, and I think when I first like felt like maybe something could be wrong, a lot of the time I would go back on myself and I would be like, well, Alice, you go out on the weekend and get fucked up. You've done that. You've blacked out. What's to say you don't have a problem? And I think a lot of that like first year of like witnessing someone struggling with addiction a lot of it really kind of like internalized within me of like my own like reflection upon myself and the way that my relationship with alcohol and a lot of a lot of me thinking like well how can you sit here and judge someone for what they're doing when you've participated in you know stupid drunk shit as well and you've you know So it's hard, I think, when you're young and being confronted, especially when you're in that age group and that like time of life where everyone's going out and they're drinking. Because I do think that that's when alcoholism is masked so well, because everyone's drinking, everyone's going crazy. But the difference is the people who are really struggling with alcohol abuse that's beyond just like, you know, one weekend they drink too much and, you know, feel a bit sick the next day is it's a constant cycle and it's a complete utter dependency on alcohol. And it's not just a want, it's a need. And I do think there's levels to it. Like for instance, I do think I've abused alcohol. Like I've had too much to drink than what's and when I say what's normal that's also in contention because people would argue there is no normal for alcohol and it's a drug and it's terrible and it's poison so I respect that as well but you know like it's not going to kill you necessarily if you have you know a certain amount of drinks per week that a doctor will say is safe for you personally. I'm not going to like specify an exact number because I do think that depending on each individual's health, a doctor will say this this amount is safe for you per week or whatever, how many glasses, whatever. But I don't feel comfortable saying how much. But yeah, I think that is, you know, a point of contention. Like there are people who would argue that no amount of alcohol is, you know, a safe amount because it's just poison and whatever but you know I I do like alcohol I love the way that it tastes I like the way that it makes me feel um but I know that I'm someone who's also really disciplined and I don't always want to drink and I don't always feel the need to drink and um yeah it's never it's never gone to a point where I think like I'm someone who struggles around alcohol there's been periods of time where I'm like oh I've probably been drinking like consistently every weekend and I'm not that happy with that like I want to change that up 
But I think that that is somewhat of a luxury because the way that, you know, addiction is often viewed in the media by, you know, the everyday person sometimes is that it's a choice. And that's a kind of stigma that we have to get rid of because addiction is not a choice. And I understand where that comes from. And someone who was deeply, you know, impacted by someone very close to me who was dealing with this, there was that first year where I was like, well, just stop drinking. (laughs) I was like, just stop, just don't do it. And I would say that that wasn't me judging, that was me begging out of fear. Um, And I think the reason people say that addiction is a choice, it's both ignorance, but I also think it's pure fear. And for me, that's absolutely what it was. It was both ignorance and fear. Um, I didn't understand this idea that, that this person just couldn't stop. And obviously, once I researched and I read and I listened, I actually listened. I think there was a large portion of time I didn't listen to that person. I didn't really sit and hear what they had to say when it came to like why they needed alcohol I think a lot of the time I didn't want to hear it because I was so vindicated on finding a way to like magically cure them that I didn't just sit and listen as to like but why do they feel like this um and I think that we should acknowledge that that's a beautiful thing I think when we sit and actually listen to people and we don't just like immediately judge them and we don't just like go to solutions like sometimes people don't want solutions and I understand that there is that like I certainly felt like at a at a period at a point that I was on a time limit and if I didn't find a way to help this person that I would be solely responsible if something bad happened and bad things did happen and I felt like they were my fault because I was the closest person to them at the time in in their period of life when we were close so I yeah I held a lot of guilt and I felt like well if I don't find a solution then it's on me and I think the way that I projected that was okay I'm not going to listen to them. I'm just going to tell them everything that they should do and everything's going to be fine and I'm just going to like control everything (laughs) and that just, that's not how it works. That's not, I think ego was also part of it. You know, me believing as if I could fucking solve addiction, as if I was, you know, and I have no shame in that. I I will, you know, sit here and admit that I thought I, I could crack the code. I thought I could beat this person's addiction for them and I'm not ashamed of that because I think that it was both me feeling really like that optimism honestly kept me going and I think if I stopped believing in them and I stopped believing in me being able to help them that would have negatively impacted both of us so I think the fact that I had so much self-belief and I had so much belief in them to get better that ultimately was like a positive thing and not a negative thing but you know delusion isn't always great and it doesn't always lead to good places and I think it led me to be exhausted and feel like nothing I was doing was right and that's when the guilt started setting in so you're probably wondering what has this got to do with a star is born (laughs) that's a great question um 
A Star is Born shows, and obviously it's it's about a woman who dreams of being a star and being a singer and being a performer. And she meets a man who is already that. He's already successful. He's already a star. But he is suffering from addiction and like drug and alcohol abuse because of, you know, trauma. And addiction is usually linked with trauma. And she falls in love with him. And by nature, she kind of becomes a star alongside him. But in the end, the addiction and the relationship, you know, there's moments where the relationship is kind of in turmoil, but she ultimately loves him and she recognizes that he's struggling with addiction. But I also think that she doesn't want to fully acknowledge it because she doesn't, she's scared. And that's something that I really relate to, that I was so scared to acknowledge it at times that I ignored the thing at hand. And then it kind of like would flip sometimes and I would go like a complete 180 and suddenly I'm like talking about addiction all the time and I'm like trying to fix this person. Like it was really that kind of, I really kind of lived in that duplicity of like one minute I I think a way to cope, I told myself this person's not addicted, they're fine, they're safe, they're in control. And then that moment, that fear and that anxiety would creep up, I would do a complete 180 and I would be like, oh, no, this person's going to die and I need to do everything I can to save their life. And it would just completely flip and I would turn into an absolute control freak. And that was my other way of coping. And so I did relate to this like character and I'm talking about the 2018 version with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. So I will just refer to them. Um, But I did relate to Lady Gaga's character of just like this woman is acknowledging but also ignoring because she's living in that fear but also that love and not knowing how to like cope with the both of those emotions. Um, Unfortunately, at the end of the movie, he does ultimately commit suicide and she, the end of the film just kind of follows her like coping with that that loss it's not a large part of the film but it is that kind of like portion at the end where you kind of see her like immediately grieving the loss and ultimately the addiction and um suicide and undealt trauma and self-medicating it all kind of comes to a climax and when I first saw this it was in 2019 And I was currently close with this person who was dealing with addiction. And I remember watching it and not a single tear came out of my eye. I just, I felt nothing. Like I I had no empathy for the film and I didn't connect with it. And it was just like, I just felt a complete rejection of it. And in a way, I think it was like the perfect reflection of where I was in my life. Like, I think in a way that kind of represented how I was feeling about addiction in that point in time and how I felt towards the person that I loved and cared about at that time. And it was this complete denial that what was happening in their life was bad and that I was completely compartmentalizing everything to survive and to be like, everything's going to be fine. 
and I love this person and I don't want to leave this person. I want this person in my life. So I will do everything to compartmentalize that. And so watching the film, I, j- I felt nothing. But then my feelings towards addiction changed. And that shift also was noticeable when I watched the film for a second time. Now in 2020, when I was 20 years old um, and this person was still in my life, I kind of shifted into a new, I think, headspace around addiction. I think this was a point where I recognized that it was real and what I was dealing with was actually quite serious and not something that I can just compartmentalize and like ignore. And I think at this point I understood addiction a lot better than when I was 19 and I only had had like a two-dimensional view on what addiction was. I also think that the way that addiction look is such a large part of this. I think in my head I had this really stereotypical idea of what addiction looked like and you know it's someone who's like fumbling around in their middle age and they you know drink too much of this type of alcohol. Like I had such a stereotypical like specific image of what alcoholism or addiction looks like that when I was actually faced with like a very real life version of it I didn't see it for what it was because in my head I was like but it's not the way that I have imagined it and so therefore it's not it's not real um and that's just not the case and I think that something that is often you know very insidious and dangerous about addiction is the high functioning part of it and how hard it can be to spot that someone is actually struggling because they're able to carry out everyday things or like maintain relationships or jobs or finances and so you think well then they don't have a problem because they're able to function in their normal life so clearly it's not affecting them Now, I would argue that high-functioning addiction can only last so long. I could be wrong. Um, But in my personal experience, I think that to a degree that high-functioning way of dealing with the addiction will at some point break. And there will be points where relationships, jobs, finances will slowly start to crumble and be affected by that addiction. And that's kind of when the severity of the situation started to really like hit me. And I started to recognize that this problem was affecting our relationship. And I think then I started to see everything for what it was. And I didn't like sit there and pretend that it didn't exist. And the second time I watched A Star Is Born, I was angry. Oh man, I that numbness that I felt the first time I watched it. No, I was angry as fuck. I was angry at the universe. I was angry at Bradley Cooper's character. I, because that's where my head was at at that point in time of being so angry that someone could be dealt a card, right? Here you go. Here's trauma and here's addiction. Now try and succeed in life. Try try and maintain a normal life. I was so angry because it just felt so unfair that someone could be dealt that. 
and that somehow they just have to navigate and somehow they have to solve one of the hardest diseases to like manage and I just I was so I was so angry at the universe I was like this is unfair this is genuinely unfair not unfair on how it was impacting me but genuinely because I felt this enormous amount of compassion and empathy that this person had to go through this and knowing that it was going to you know deeply affect them um and yeah I think that anger is a very real part of being a witness to addiction obviously I again I don't I don't want to speak on I have no interest in speaking upon the the emotions and the experience of someone who has addiction because I think that that would be better spoken by someone who actually has dealt with it but as someone who has been a close witness to it that anger is so specific and complicated because you do feel conflicted because this is someone you care about but you're fucking angry with them and you're angry at the disease the disease that's not even real and I think the thing is because the disease is not a person the way it manifests is well then you're angry at the individual who is like the disease and it feels horrible because you're getting angry at a disease but it's aimed towards a person it's just it's evil it's fucking evil and for me a really raw and real like portrayal of this was the tv show euphoria obviously i think we can all who who've watched it you know, I, I mean, I have opinions about the TV show on things that it did well, things that it didn't do well. But when it comes to the portrayal of addiction, my God, I, like, I felt it to my core of, like, the pain and the fear and the compartmentalizing and everything that, the way that Zendaya and the way that the characters that play her family in that TV show represent addiction and and the complexities around it and the complex emotions around it. I mean, fuck. And like Zendaya's performance, incredible. And again, do I think the show's perfect? No. And I think there's lots that that TV show did that I think were kind of like a bit mid and not really that exceptional. I do think the cinematography is like amazing, obviously, and like the colors and the music, like Labyrinth is literally to me like such an incredible producer. I think the music he does in that show is just amazing. But yeah, I for me, the real focus was the addiction. But something interesting happened in season two of Euphoria. Obviously, if you haven't watched it, like, I'm going to be spoiling stuff. Um, I've already spoiled A Star is Born as well. So apologies if I just ruined something. But yeah. Um, But in season two, I think it's like one of the second last episodes. And it's kind of like the climax. This is the first time I would say we've seen other points where Zendaya's character, Rue, who's suffering from addiction, kind of like is at breaking point and is at her rock bottom. We see periods of this, but I think in this like second last episode of season two, 
it's like at its height. And I think this is at the point where like we truly see it for what it is and it's ugly. And um, Rue is kind of confronted by Jules, her like, I guess I would say ex-girlfriend at the, at that point um, because Jules is kind of the one to tell, to flag with Rue's mum's and Day's character that she's using drugs again. Um, there's kind of this like climax scene where Rue confronts Jules and is kind of like, why like fuck you like you're uh what does she call her she's like you're a blood-sucking whore that just sucks the life out of people or something something really awful like just like going at Jules and just like screaming at Jules like calling her names and telling her to fuck you know like get fucked and Jules is sitting there composed teary-eyed saying I love you I love you. I love you. Like over and over again. And Zendaya's character, Rue, is just like, no, you fucking don't. No, you fucking don't. And it is such an incredibly painful scene to watch because, you know, you can say what you want about Jules. She fucked up. There are times in the series where she like did things that were not great. And there were things she did that that definitely didn't help Zendaya's battle with addiction but I do think and this is just something I observed on the internet and comment sections and like TikTok and I don't want to say that like just because you see something happening a lot in the comment section that means that's everyone's opinion or the majority opinion I don't want to say that but even if it was just one comment I would still be discussing this I think it is incredibly fucking stupid that people are saying that Jules deserved that confrontation of like was Rue or Zendaya in in her right to express her emotions and tell Jules to get fucked because she basically like blew her cover sure but as someone who has maybe been not that I've done things that Jules has done necessarily, but I'm just saying someone who's been in the position of Jules where you are terrified. Because that's the thing in the TV show, you see that Jules's mum dealt with addiction. And so Jules has that predisposed trauma anyway of like the fear of losing someone and that complete utter terror of like what addiction does to someone and how it fractures relationships she already has that fear um not that I had that inbuilt fear but it was definitely the confronting nature of addiction itself it it doesn't matter if you grew up with it or not it's like it it will be terrifying and the way that people kind of judged Jules and kind of were like she deserved that and like or that, you know, Jules could have done X, Y, and Z. And, like, I just think it was cruel um, that, you know, whether or not it's a TV show, I think we judge so much the way that people handle situations that are confronting and terrifying. Because we, we project our own 
experiences and we go, well, I would have dealt with it like this and I would have done that and blah, blah, blah. And I just think until you've been in that position, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Like, I just think... I I thought that that scene would evoke something different in people. I thought that it would evoke some kind of nuance of where people were like, that's really painful for Jules because she does love Rue and it's complicated because she's, you know, not been honest or, you know, she's done things that are questionable um, and she's hurt Rue or whatever. But Rue's also hurt Jules and Rue's, Rue's done stuff that's a really freaked the fuck out of her and I just think it's a complicated relationship and neither of them are you know good bad evil they're just two teenagers dealing with very adult issues and when I say adult I mean not even like no even adults aren't equipped to deal with this level of confrontation and trauma and fear and addiction it's all too much for us right it doesn't matter if you're an adult well it doesn't matter if you're an adult or a kid like a way a kid's going to process it is a lot different but it's terrifying no matter what and the fact that they're teenagers and dealing with this is just so wild to me because like I could never have imagined dealing with something that like that at the age of 16 um at, at that intensity and I just I was so annoyed reading those comments of like people being like just like zero compassion um and maybe hey that's maybe that's me projecting my own feelings about how I dealt with situations because that was something that was very real for me the the judgment of what the way I would handle someone who is very close to me who is dealing with addiction and how I was going to handle that and how I felt that there was like a projected responsibility on me um or some kind of judgment or yeah just that feeling of an outside pressure not even necessarily from the person that was dealing with the addiction I didn't even feel it from them I felt it from everyone else even if they meant it or not I just felt it and to be fair there was an incident where someone else who was very close to this person who was dealing with addiction basically said to me that the way I handled a situation was wrong I just kind of was sitting there kind of like glazed eyes of like but I love this person like I I would have done anything I I did do everything and for someone to like come and say that what you did wasn't good enough completely like I think that that fundamentally changed me like at at that point in my life I truly was like I knew that everything I was doing was out of the goodness of my heart and that I would do anything to help this person. But I do think that that fundamentally changed me forever where it was like someone sat there and said to my face that what I did wasn't good enough and questioned my my way of going about things as if it was coming from a place of malition or something. And yeah, that just that, I don't, like, I think everyone can say this, that there are just like maybe three sentences that will stay with them for the rest of their life. And I would say I have about three. And that's one of them where it's like that 
really for me the impact of like someone having the addiction that to me was like the hardest part is feeling like because I knew I always sat with that guilt of like if something happens it's my fault if something happens it's my fault and to have someone verbalize that to my face whether it was indirectly directly they didn't say it exactly like that I don't give a shit because for that moment in time they made me feel like if something had happened it would have been your fault and let me just say if you are in a situation where you are dealing with someone who is struggling with addiction and you are not someone who is fully equipped for the severity of the situation, whether it be you're a teenager, you're not financially independent, you are terrified out of your fucking mind. Um, let me just tell you, it's not your fault. It is not your fault. You are not solely responsible The burden is not on you. It is not only your battle to fight or to support in. And don't let people tell you that because, yeah, it's just wrong. And, yeah, that deeply affected me. And it's still, you know, to this day, it, you know, it still sticks with me. Um, And, you know, I have obviously worked really hard to dismantle the guilt that I have around how I've dealt with situations in the past around addiction. But I know deep down that I did everything in my power to do the right thing and that I was just young and I didn't know fully what addiction was and that I did everything in my power to learn and understand and listen um yeah so the third time I watched A Star Is Born was last year and I so vividly remember watching it um because I literally like have never felt like you know when tears just run out of your eyes like waterworks and it's like you didn't even blink and it's just like they're just running down your face that's exactly my reaction to the film the third time I watched it borderline ventil like I was like hyperventilating like really so upset and I was like Jesus this is a bit of a dramatic reaction to the film that I've seen three times and it just kind of came out of nowhere But then obviously in retrospect, again, where was my headspace at with addiction? And where where were my emotions at that point in time? And it makes a lot of sense for my reaction to be like that. Because at that point in time, it was very real that I was going to lose this person. Like, literally going to lose them. I was like, this person is on the brink of death and there's nothing I can do and it was kind of like a a real acceptance and fear had kind of dissipated and it was 
it was at the point where I was like, it can't get more real than this. Like that feeling of like how scary this disease is and how the idea of life and death is just because, you know, I've experienced grief before and I've lost, you know, a family member before and I've attended funerals and like I've I've felt grief in that context but I don't think I've ever felt well actually that's wrong I've I've felt premature grief when and I actually did a podcast on this um when I found out that my friend had brain cancer and you know their life was in danger like that was a very specific feeling of grief where it's like we were like 16 17 a a young person has cancer what the fuck like dealing with that and like feeling so confronted because we didn't know how to like conceptualize how someone could be so young and you know quote unquote healthy and be in such a point of danger and that's exactly the specific feeling I was feeling towards addiction of someone who was my age and I was like but they are so close to death and like that conceptualizing that and like sitting with that I just it 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 did come to a point of acceptance and it wasn't like I had I had given up on the person like I still very much like believe in that person and to be better and to get better like that was still all there but it was like the acceptance that that was very likely that that was very real that 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 just that had kind of solidified um and it is yeah it is um it's weird to think about it it's weird to say it it's weird to admit it and you know I again I want to kind of reiterate that the reason I am you know kind of telling this story is because I think I do find it hard to talk about but I learned so much about addiction and the impact it can have and that was only three years of my life um and I should say that this person is no longer in my life but they're still you know alive and doing well from what I know um but I again I think it's just as important that we hear stories from people who have actually suffered from addiction and actually gone through addiction and um there's a lot of like uh creators online who've like talked about their experiences even on TikTok I've seen like a rise of like people talking about like you know, battling their addiction and like substance issues. And I think it is hard to talk about in a world where it's, it's, it's been made to feel shameful to talk about. And it does feel awkward to discuss this topic verbally um, because it does feel like it is shrouded in shame. Um, So often mental health is. I know that (laughs) I feel like the, um, there are certain corners of the internet that make it seem like, you know, oh, mental health has become like an identity and like cool to talk about and like everyone wants to be part of something like whatever. But 
I don't think that that is a majority. I still think very much so mental health is incredibly hard to talk about in a vulnerable and personal context. And I don't think it's just easy for people. Sure, maybe it's easier in a world that's a bit more accepting to admit that we struggle with things like depression and anxiety and, you know, all sorts of things. Like maybe we are moving into a world that's a bit more accepting of that. And we've seen that, that, you know, we are being more accommodating to people who suffer from things. And, you know, I've suffered from, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and I've talked about that before. But I don't think that we should then just be like, oh, now it's all easy to talk about. So who gives a shit? It's like, no, like this is incredibly painful still to talk about for people. And we should still keep the conversation going around mental health and addiction and depression, anxiety, trauma, like still incredibly important conversations to be had and not ones that we should be shying away from just because we think that the media is saturated with, you know, this person's come out and said they have anxiety and that means the conversation is no longer relevant because everyone just says they have anxiety now whatever bullshit the you know headlines want to put but yeah I mean I addiction is one of the most painful things I've ever had to witness um it fundamentally changed me Um, And I reached a level of compassion and patience I didn't even know I had. Um, That, I think, also scared me is like I didn't even know how much I was so willing to sacrifice and see and go through because you care and love about someone. And yeah, that's it's a very real human experience right there.